Amen. You may be seated. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. God is wonderful. And as was shared earlier, um, we had an amazing time at the night of worship. And these are, I tell you, these are some wonderful merchandise. And so you feel free to get one of these. There's a whole bunch of different variations. I just so happen to get one of the best ones, praise the Lord. And, uh, and I like it. It just talks about the person who's the center of our lives. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Can you take this from me, hon? And uh, before I get into the word, can we really give an ovation to God and also to the Fan Into Flames worship team for working so hard? Last night was, wow. Amazing night. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Well, I didn't get a chance to preach at the first service because God just wrecked that service and dropped the bomb. Uh, I don't even know if I should even, even hint at what went on at that service. But uh, the sermon, well, the word was praise God in the middle. Amen. Uh, in the, yeah, in the, in the middle of your trials, praise them in the middle. Amen. So let me say, let me keep going. Uh, Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We pray, Father, that even while I am yet speaking and preaching, that people will get delivered, people will be healed, people will have an encounter with you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we need you. We need you to speak to every heart, whether they are in this room, whether they're in the lower sanctuary, whether they are online, or whether they are watching this recording of the sermon later in the week. Just speak to their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Second uh, Samuel chapter 5, verse 17 to 25, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, for those of you who may have a device. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told they were coming, so he went into the stronghold. Yeah, when the enemy comes to attack you, go into the stronghold. Um, some of you may not realize, but the name Philistine means to roll in the dust. And we know that the serpent, Satan, was condemned in Genesis to the dust. And that's why the Bible says, I believe in Luke chapter 10 or 11, that, or 19, one of, the, one of those three, I always get them mixed up, that we have the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. The enemy is under my feet. Amen. Amen. Because greater is he, John says in John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, I believe, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The Philistines arrived and spread across the valley of Rephaim. David asked the Lord, should I go out to fight the Philistines? 
Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied to David, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand the Philistines over to you. So David went out to Balperazeth and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies. He broke through my enemies like a raging flood. Isaiah says, I believe it's in 58, 59, I believe it is. He says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will overcome him. Ah. So David named the place Baal Perazim, which means the Lord who burst through or the Lord of the breakthrough. I like that right there. Have you named the places where God gave you victory? Come on, that's a bad word right there. Like, 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 have you named the place where God gave you victory? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my, my. I, I'm, I'm going to say that again. You need to name the places where God gives you victory so that when you are going through, if he did it before, he'll do it again. Ha! See, Isaac, every time he went to dig a well, the devil would jam him up by throwing dirt on the well. But the last well he digged, the enemy was not allowed to mess it up. So he named the well Rehoboth, which means the Lord has made room for us. Oh, man. That's the word right there. Could it be that reason why you're not getting so many victories is because God, when he gave you victory, you didn't name, you didn't put a name on it. Someone, when God gave a victory of provision, they called him Jehovah Jireh. Another person by the name of Gideon, he called him Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. Ah, David knew him in Psalm 23 as Jehovah Roe, the Lord my shepherd. But I like Ezekiel. He calls him Jehovah Shama, which simply means he's just there. Ha, when I need him, he's there. Ha. College students, when I'm taking my final exams next month, he's already sitting in the exam room. Woo! Ah, turn your name and say, God is better than an open book exam. <laughs> oh, yes, he will. He will tell you the answers. The Philistines had abandoned their idols there, and they, so David and his men confiscated them. But after a while, the Philistines returned again. Yeah. Ah, and spread across the valley of Rephaim. And David asked the Lord what to do. Do not attack them straight on, the Lord replied. Instead, circle around behind and attack them near the poplar trees. When you hear the sound like the marching of feet in the tops of the poplar trees, be on alert. That will be the signal that the Lord is moving ahead of you. Mm. Woo. 
Could it be that the reason why so many of us watch this rush into defeat because we're not waiting for the Lord to give the signal that he already went ahead of you and fixed it so that when you show up, all you have to do is pick up the, 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 the plunder that the Lord has left you. Too many of us have gotten ahead of God instead of letting God go ahead of you. I like, you know, I like them doors that when I have a lot of stuff, yes, I could easily carry a lot of stuff, you know what I'm talking about, and turn around and use my rear end to open the door or to kick the door open. But I like those doors that if you just get in the vicinity, the door will open for you. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye ever after doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who was this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, mighty enough to fight your battles. Where you're heading, God is already there. Mm. My goodness. Uh, and he says, in verse 23, and David asked them what, what to do. God said again, don't attack him straight on, but circle around him. Is when you hear the sound like a marching trip, he said, that will be the signal that the Lord is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine army. Verse 25, so David did what the Lord commanded, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. I want to speak to you over the next two Sundays, today, this, today and next week, uh, God's plan for me in 2023. God's plan for me in 2023. Could you tell the person next to you, God has a plan for me in 2023. Now, that neighbor wasn't convinced, so tell your other neighbor and say, God has a plan for me in 2023. He, he's not making up stuff. He already has a plan for you. Uh, one of the books that I really love um, and uh, wonderful devotion that really speaks to how to get in the presence of God written by a man of name uh, Henry Blackaby, Dr. Henry Blackaby, who I had the honor of meeting twice. I'm not sure if he's still alive. Uh, but he wrote a book called Experiencing God. And what I liked about that book is his philosophy is find out where God is moving and join him. You don't have to make up something. God is already moving wherever you're heading. You need the Holy Spirit to lead you where God is moving. Tell somebody you're working too hard. Scripture says in Psalms, no, in Hebrews chapter 4, it says there is a rest for the people of God. He who has entered into God's rest has ceased, stopped doing his own works. And then it goes on to say the word of God is quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword. It seems like when we do what God says in his word, we can enter into his rest, meaning that if we will rest, God will do the rest. 
Jesus has called us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. He says, come unto me, all ye that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. That's the problem. Some of us, uh, 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 we're, we're, we're running around unyoked and know nothing about Jesus, and that's why we're always struggling. But if we would be yoked with Jesus, be yoked with the Holy Spirit, be attached to him, he says we will find rest for our souls. In other words, we will be emotionally healthy spiritually. Even right now, some of you, I'm prophesying right now, some of you, you're, you're, you're sitting here listening to me, but your mind is running of all the things you have to get done after service this week. You're not even here. You're here in body. Hallelujah. But your mind is already on Friday. That is not rest. Some of you, you're not even in 2022. You're already in 2023 trying to figure out how am I going to pay for tuition to get through the next semester? But God already has provision for you. Provision, meaning that pro meaning before and vision meaning see. In other words, God sees before you even get there and he already has for you the things you need when you get there. But if you ain't there yet, don't worry about there yet because there is not prom promised to you. So praise him right now because all you have is today. One person said it this way. She said, worry is nothing but interest paid on problems. Oh, that'll preach right there. You're worried and worried and worried about things that God says, I'm not even dealing with that till you get there. Mm. So I want to talk to you about God's plan for you to 2023. And basically, for, especially for the, you young people, it's just... I want to talk to you about indicators, indicators of uh, how to know the plan of God for a season in your life. When I was growing up as a teenager, and, and, I, and I praise God, I think we, we are, let me say this, we are all born at the right time. Okay, so stop wishing that, you know, oh, I wish I was born in your day, or I wish I was born in, the, no, you were born at the right time. The Bible says that, I believe it's Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, at the appropriate time, God sent forth his son in a body. So God, you, you are not a mistake. You were born at the right time. And my point is that when I was growing up as a teenager, and I'm so glad that this was just ingrained in me as a teenager, that we, we were always asked, do you know God's will for your life? Do you know God's will for your life? In other words, do you know what God wants for your life at this particular moment at 13, 14, 15, 16, 20, 21, 30, 31, 40? Do you know what God's will is for your life right now? And the answer to that is that you can know what God wants to do in your life right now so that you don't take the wrong path. Because Proverbs says there is a way that seems right, 
but the end of that way is death. God has a plan for your life. God, God even has a plan. In fact, God's plan is so ridiculous that he, he will plan something for you at 14 and then, and then he'll wait till you're 63 to bless you ridiculously and you look back and say, you are a bad God. I was invited to my, my high school by the new headmaster. I hadn't been to my high school, Matinon High School. I haven't been there since 1981. I graduated in 1977, uh, but I used to go back throughout my four years in college because once I got into college, I graduated from Bentley University, once I got into college, I, I realized I, that how well the nuns prepared me for college. So after every year, I would go back to the convent, the Sisters of St. Joseph, and I would bring flowers to just say thank you so much for how you prepared me for college. So I haven't been there since, you know, since 81. Uh, one of our members, Ifani, uh, she texted me a couple of weeks ago. I'm talking about God has a plan that is so ridiculous that you, you can't even comprehend it. Now, the reason why I went to Mountain is because my mother made me go. And you've heard that story. Uh, I, was, I was angry at her. How, how dare you as a Pentecostal send me to a Catholic school? Uh, but that was the Lord. That was the Lord. Because it also caused me to get my job at City Hall because when they were, when the, when the, when the, uh, the treasurer was forced to hire high school kids when I was 16 years old. The treasurer was so upset, he said, I will hire two high school kids, but they have to go to Matinon High School. You all ain't hearing what I'm saying, how specific God is. And so now fast forward, uh, Afani, one of her professors at American University, her favorite professor, he just became headmaster of Matinon High School, my high school, uh, last week. It was a big ceremony. I mean, it was like, ooh, talking about pomp and circumstance, like the, the, the cardinal, Sean O'Malley, was there. I mean, this was a big deal. And I was personally invited because uh, Afani, I tell you, God is so good, Afani, she was chosen by the professor to introduce him to the entire student body. So I was proud to see Afani up on the stage with the Cardinal and all these big wigs. And, she, and so she told her favorite professor, who's going to be who's the headmaster, she said, my pastor went to Matinon High School. You don't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> so now she introduces him, and he comes, he gives his speech, and then he says, he says, and I want to just give special thanks to Bishop Brian Green. I'm like, I don't even know you. And he's a graduate of Matinon 1977. And I stood up and waved and everybody's clapping. And I thought, wow, God, as I was walking through those halls, I can still remember as a freshman, 
and God, you would go forward at 45 years and say, I have a plan for you. Getting you into a school you didn't even want to go to. And I don't know what God's going to do in the future because I have, because I, I ask myself, why is a man of such, such, such tremendous caliber, when I heard his, his, his uh, biography, I'm like, why is he at Matnon? His wife teaches at Georgetown University. Like, why Matnon? And I found out that some circumstances brought him here. I said, God, you've got something up your sleeve, but you won't know what he has up his sleeve unless you talk to him. And that's the point I'm trying to make is that David, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, David was a man who was after the heart of God. He always wanted to know, God, what are you saying right now? What are you doing right now? And too often, many of us rush into things because it's so obvious only to get ourselves messed up. And the point I want to make, because as I'm going to teach part of this this week and next week, and then I'm going to go into next year and give you the rest so that you will be and I will be equipped to see the indicators, the signals, the signs of how to know God's will. Because let me tell you, no, you won't believe me, so tell the person next to you, my friend, next year will be one of the greatest years of your life. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, but you have to listen to the Holy Spirit because John chapter 16, verse 13 says, he has been sent to guide you into all the truth, not the facts. Woo! Not the facts. The truth. Not the facts. The truth, not the facts. The facts was when I was in the Catholic school, I hated it. Why you put me in this school? In the mist, in the mist. Read your history books because some of you weren't even born yet. In the mist of busing. Google what happened when there was a, a federal mandate for the state of Massachusetts to bus kids from South Boston, no, bus kids from Roxbury and Dorchester to South Boston. Well, what was it like, Bishop? I'll tell you right what it was like. Google what happened when they desegregated schools in Alabama and Mississippi. That went on in Boston. And so my mom sends me to this school that have kids from Charlestown and, and South Boston. They don't like people of this color. But God. God got a sense of humor. Because I met a guy, the first guy I met was from South Boston. His name was Brian. And I was like, okay, God, what's going to happen? He was one of the nicest guys. I was like, are you sure you're from South Boston? 
And so it was very tense, and, but yet God had his hand on my life to protect me. I can't tell you how many times that the Lord just guided me out of dangerous situations. I mean dangerous situations. My, my brother-in-law, Donnelly, you know about there's some sections in Somerville that you didn't go to, like Winter Hill. Whitey Bolger, how, you know, how he would, I'm telling you, dangerous places. And, if, and, and I would be a fool to think that God can't protect me now when he protected me back then. Come on, folks. Are there any person, are there any individuals here who you saw the hand of God protect you from dangers? protect you from things that you shouldn't even be here. But like this, I, in fact, I was upset with uh, the artist yesterday. I was upset. Yes, I was. I was upset. I want you to know, Tommy and everybody, I was upset because he didn't sing my song. I'm alive. Because there's more. Tell somebody, I'm alive. Because there's more. I'm alive because God has more for me. Ah. And he doesn't simply have more for you. He has more to do through you to help somebody. Yes, Jesus. He's got more for you. That's why it's so important for you to know the will of God. The Lord put a word in my heart. And I don't, I'm, look, I always say this to you, but I'll say it publicly. I am a, I'm a fake extrovert. Fake extrovert. I perform on this stage, woo, woo, ah, and after this, my favorite song is Michael Jackson, Leave Me Alone. Ain't nobody's business. Leave me, like, like I'm telling you. So, it, so the Lord put in my heart, and he said, I want you to go to the the guest artist, who I don't know, and I want you to bless him. I was like, oh, man. And then when he left, because he had to catch a flight, I was like, okay, well, he's gone, you know. Hey, God, I try. And God, no, God said, no, chase him. <laughs> so I found him in the, in the green room, and I said, no, sir, the Lord just told me to bless you based on your name. And I told him what his name, um, Richard? Richard? Yeah, Richard Tolbert. I told him what Richard means, what Tolbert means, and I blessed him. And then the Lord said, well, ask him if he's married. And I'm like, okay, are you married? I could tell he didn't have a ring, but not everybody rings a ring. And he says, no, I'm not married. And the Lord said to me, pray for his wife. Because I have a specific person for him, and because he's on the stage and in the limelight, he could end up with the wrong person. I am preaching. Who will marry him for the stage and not for him. So I just prayed over him and blessed him, and he was so appreciative. My point is, is that God has a plan. He, he has everything mapped out. This is crazy. You see, it's interesting that we would say things like, uh, the scripture says that God even knows the numbers on the hairs of our head. 
And obviously that may be easy if you don't have any hair. I get that, but, but God, God well, well then God knows the number of hairs on your eyebrows, okay? But, the, <laughs> but if, he, if he knows the number of hairs on your head, don't you think he knows what school he wants to send you to? Don't you think he knows what job he wants to employ you? Don't you think he knows what city he wants you to move in, what car you want you to drive, what people he has, he has created you to reach for Jesus Christ? You're working too hard. And the reason why you're working too hard is because you're making up your own plans. You're doing things based on observation and explanation, but God wants us to walk by revelation. We walk by faith and not by sight. That's why we got to go to prayer to find out what do you want to do. And I say all that because the Bible says David inquired of the Lord. That's what I want you to leave with. Inquire of the Lord. Inquire of the Lord. Inquire of the Lord. This word inquire, I love the way uh, the, the, the NIV and the King James Version use this word inquire. It's not ask. It's inquire. Well, what's the difference? Oh, I'm glad you asked. The word inquire, it, it's derived from two Latin words. I'm almost finished. In, which means inside, and inquiro, I, I spelt it wrong. It's Q-U-A-E-R-O, from which we get our word query, or even question, and it means to Ask, which of course some of these versions I've written, uh, put down in, in LT. It means to ask on the inside. Oh, I am preaching right now. It means to seek on the inside. It means to search for on the inside. It means to desire on the inside. It means to want judicially or want justice on the inside. Lord, have mercy. What do you mean on the inside? The inside of your heart? No, 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 no. On the inside of your prayer closet. Jesus said, when you pray, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, when you pray, enter inside your closet and shut the door and ask God for what he has for you on the inside of your prayer closet. And your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. I have learned, ah, whoo, underdog had his phone booth. <laughs> Superman used to have his phone booth. Batman has the bat cave. I have a prayer closet. Somehow, you can go, can I get some help in here? You can go into your prayer closet feeling hopeless, but when you come out, you say, where is the devil? Something transformative happens when you ask God on the inside. And I've discovered that when I go, when I inquire a little, when I go and question on the inside, 
or desire on the inside. What happens in my prayer closet, and I believe what God wants to do in your prayer closet, is when we get in the prayer closet and we start to worship and get in his presence, he downloads his desires into my desires. And what happens is that I start asking him what the desire of is in my heart because out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth will speak, which means that God downloads his desire into my heart and I speak to God. I ask God to do what he already wants to do. That's why David was a man who said, God, give me your heart so that I will ask you to do what you already want to do, and therefore you will answer prayer. The reason why many of our prayers are not being answered is because we don't have the heart of God. We want what we want. Because we don't trust God that he is good. <laughs> We are afraid, well, if I ask God what's his will for me, maybe he'll send me to some foreign place way out where there's no electricity and I have to go to use a bathroom in an outhouse. And, and, and no, God, I, I, I don't trust you. But God knows what's best for you because he created you. And someone quoted last night, but this is, God says, and in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, I'm trying to help you out. He says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, one level, abundantly, another level, above all that you can ask or think. Woo! What do I mean? I, I was raised in some of a lot of three-decker homes. My point is, is that you're asking God for basement requests. And he wants you on the top of the roof where you can see more like, oh, that's what you have for me? I'm going to wait on you then. Basement requests. Okay, God, if you just put food on my table, I'll serve you. God, just get me into any school. And God's like, if you only would get inside your prayer closet so that I can show you what I have for you that's beyond your resources, beyond your, 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 your IQ, and the reason I want to do that is so that when I put you in places, houses you didn't build, vineyards you didn't plant, spaces that you have no business being in because your resume is all jacked up, nobody will get the credit but me. And you'll be able to say, won't he do it? Yes, he did. Get in your prayer closet. He will download desires into your heart. And you will find yourself praying for things that you say, that is the Holy Spirit, because I'm even, I, what came out of my mouth was a dangerous prayer. When, uh, when's the last time you prayed a dangerous prayer? 
When's the last time you prayed up, you found something coming out of your mouth that scared the, be the bejeebies out of you? We pray these prayers that we can do. I'm going to tell you a term I hate. I might as well just say it. I hate the term. And don't ever say this around me. I hate this term. Well, I guess all we can do is trust God now. You know what that sounds like? Well, you know, it's so bad. I guess we got to trust God now. Like, like, that's an insult to God. He ought to be the first option, the second option, the third option. Well, let me put it easy for you. He ought to be the Alpha and the Omega. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Let me close with this. Because I'm just sending you, I, I want to, what I want, what God wants to do is put in our hearts to inquire of him for everything. I believe it's in Joshua chapter 19. Joshua got himself in trouble. Nation called the Gibeonites. They were next door neighbors, but they knew that God was moving through Israel to destroy all of the enemies of the Lord. So what they did was they dressed themselves up in old clothes. They put spoiled bread in their saddles. And they came to Joshua and they said, we have come from a faraway land. Look, look, look at the bread. It would, it, it came, look at the bread. It, it came out of the Krispy Kreme donut maker, fresh, the light came on, and now it's spoiled. Because we came a long way. And the Bible says Joshua did not pray because he just observed, of course, and found out later that he made a covenant with the enemy that messed him up generationally. This is what I like about David. He practiced inquiring of the Lord. Let me close with this, and then we'll pray. Is this helping you? Oh. This isn't the first time David inquired of the Lord. In chapter 2 of 2 Samuel, David finds out that Saul has been killed. King Saul, for those of you not familiar with the Bible, David tells God tells David that at the age of 17, he's going to be king over Israel. He's going to be the king. From that moment on, things go well. Immediately, he's now in the palace. He's being mentored by Jonathan, the prince, and he's being mentored by King Saul. King Saul likes him at 17, 18, 19, but then... Saul becomes jealous of him, and then he chases David all over the country for years, trying to kill him. In fact, he chased him out of the country. So now, 
David finds out, so you can read 1 Samuel, he's just, it's just horrible. And he's like, God, you told me I'm going to be king, and yet this guy is trying to kill me. So now David finds out that Saul has been killed. Watch this. He grieves, of course. Well, of course, read it. He grieves over Saul's death. He grieves over Jonathan's death because Jonathan was his best friend. The name Jonathan means gift of God. We need friends who are, we do have friends that are God's gifts to us. And, and so David, watch this. This will help you. David inquires of the Lord, should I go back to Judah? Which is, should, should I go back to Judah? Because, let me just, I know this is a course, a, a, a course way to, to describe this, but for those of you who don't know the Bible that well, so he's basically saying, I'm from the state of Judah. There's 12 states, I'm from the state of Judah. Should I go back to Judah? And watch this. The Lord says, yes, go back to Judah. Are you, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? He says, go back to Judah. David is from Bethlehem. Are you with me? David is from Bethlehem. If I am returning back to Massachusetts, I wouldn't even ask God what city should I return back to. I will assume that I can come back to Cambridge. David asked God, where should I return in Judah? And this is, you're, going to, you're going to love this. God says, go to Hebron. Hebron? I want to go back to my hometown. I, I love my hometown so much that when Saul was chasing me all over the country, I just wished for water from my hometown. And three men risked their lives to get me water. God says, go to Hebron. He goes to Hebron, and the men from the state of Judah come to David at Hebron and says, we want to make you king. What am I saying? When you're in the right place, you don't have to work for what God already has for you. It'll drop right in your lap. But you got to hear, where does God want to send me? He has a plan for you in 2023. And over this Sunday coming, and then I'll start back up in January, I'm telling you, it's going to be one of your greatest years once you understand how to read the signs of God's plan. Everybody stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You have no idea. I shared that story about my high school because you have no idea about what God's doing now in your life that could affect 40 years from now. I'm excited because I don't know what God is doing. <laughs> I bumped into, Elder Roy, I bumped into uh, one of the board of trustees God is, I tell you, I, my Jehovah sneaky list is ridiculous now for this week. I bumped into a guy. We played football together. 
He recognized me. I didn't recognize him. And it just so happened, it just so happened that he said, hey, Brian, I don't know if you knew this, but we're having a class reunion in two weeks. God is up to something. And he said, are you going to come? I said, yeah, I'm going to come. So, Brian, what do you do? It's going to mean, give me an opportunity to see Christ with my classmates. You look so good at your age. The goodness of God. Oh, oh, I'm excited. Oh, you, bet your, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to that class reunion. Oh, yeah. I am going because I have no idea what, it's a setup. It's a setup. What is God setting up for you right now that you're not even aware of? But if you would spend time saying simply this, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You don't have to pray some deep prayer just say, God, direct my life today. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Could you do me a favor just before we have the altar call and let you go, even if you're online? If you could just pray for the person next to you. And you would say, well, I don't know how to pray. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because I'm going to tell you how to pray. Just ask God to work his plan out in the life of the person next to you over the next 14 months. That's an easy one, isn't it? You don't have to say, you know, eternal, most gracious father, the one who made the milky. No, no, just say... Don't, and don't be, because you may, you may be next to somebody who can really pray. And they, don't be intimidated by that. Man looks on the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. Okay, okay. And I'm, I'm not, and I'm not against people speaking in tongues and, and, and being specific, but don't get intimidated by that. Just, just as best as you can, ask God, God, for the next 14 months, Reveal your will and plan to the person who I'm praying for and give them a heart to obey you. Come on, just, just three minutes. Just three minutes right now. Just three minutes. <coughs> if you don't know them, ask them your name. <coughs> God, help them to get in the right school. <coughs> God, guide them to the right friends. Give them the right bosses, help them to be on the right job, give them the right roommates, help them live in the right city, help them to pick the right teachers and professors, give them the right friends in school. God, I'm only in the sixth grade, but Lord, 
Next year, I'll be in the seventh grade. Give me the right teachers. Wow, this is good. This is a house of prayer. God, we want your perfect plan for our lives. You, you already know the future. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, you already know the plans that you have for me and they're plans of good. Those of you online, if, if, pray for yourself. If you're the only one in the room, pray for yourself. God, open my eyes to see what I don't see naturally. Because what you have for me is exceedingly abundantly above all that can ask or think. The Living Bible says above my wildest dreams. I, I, never could, I never dreamed that I could get into this school. I never dreamed that I could live in this neighborhood. I never dreamed that this person who I witnessed to would give their heart to Jesus Christ. I, I, I couldn't even dream that up. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you can't really walk in the plan of God until you make plans to have Jesus in your life. <laughs> the beauty of having Jesus in your life, he, he, he's, Jesus in your life is like a homing device. If I could use the meaning, once Jesus is in your heart, his tendency is to guide you into the plan of God. But without Jesus in your life, how are you going to be guided into the plan of God? Jesus says, no person can come to the Father except through me and by me. That's kind of the bad news. The good news is that Jesus is here. And all you have to do is invite him into your heart and he'll, and he'll take care of the rest because he took care of the rest 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, maybe either A, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, or B, you were once walking with the Lord but you're not walking with him anymore. And you're like, you know what, Jesus? I am so far from you. I was doing my own thing. I, I want to give my life back to you. So you're in either of those categories. You may be in person and say, man, I, wow, I, I've never heard about asking Jesus to come in my life. I go to church. I'm religious. I, I did my holy uh, communion. I, I, did, I, I did all of those things. I got water baptized, but you're saying I should have invited Jesus in my heart? Yes, you can do that right now. It's not about joining church. It's about joining Jesus. So as heads are bowed and eyes closed, if you never received Jesus in your life, and you're saying, Bishop Brian, could you please pray for me? I, wanna, I, want, I want Jesus to come into my heart so that I can walk out the purpose for which he created me for. If that's you, could you slip your hand up? I'll, I'll include you in this final prayer. I want to make sure that I don't miss anybody. You want to give your heart to Jesus. 
God bless you. I see that hand. Is there others? I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Could you keep your hand up? Because I, I want, it's almost like I'm, I'm putting my hand up to say, Jesus, I'm right over here. 56 Magazine Street, 18th Pew. I'm, I'm right here. This is, this, I want you to come right here. And so if you can put that hand up. And everybody, I want everybody to say this prayer. That way the people who lay, raise their hand won't be conscious, self-conscious about the, the praying. But everybody pray this prayer. And right now, dear Lord, I come to you because I need Jesus. God, your word says in the Bible, whoever calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved, shall be rescued from their sin. So Jesus, I come to you right now and I'm asking you, come into my heart, save me from my sin and make me a child of God. Jesus, thank you for hearing that prayer. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Right now I know I'm the child of God. Come on, let's praise God. That's all it is. Praise God. Those of you who raised your hands, uh, people gave, uh, the welcome team gave you some information. Uh, please feel free to contact us. If you don't have a Bible, we'll make sure that you get a Bible. And maybe, maybe you said that prayer, but you didn't lift up your hand, but you said, no, I should have lifted up my hand. Guess what? If you said that prayer, even if you didn't lift up your hand, Jesus came into your heart because he heard your prayer. It's not about lifting your hand. It's about your heart. And so if you did that, but you didn't lift up your hand, please see somebody from the welcome team said, hey, I, I received Jesus. Could you get me some information that you passed out? And God will bless you. Amen. Well, God is good. God is good. Amen. I want to open up your hand. I want to, your hands that I want, I want to bless you. Those of you first-time guests or those of you who are watching online, we close our services with a closing blessing, meaning that we, we, we give a blessing that's to be received. A blessing is a gift. One of the definitions of blessing is to speak words that empower a person for success. And this blessing is found in the Bible, in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. And so I want to bless you. Also, um, I'm going to encourage you to, uh, you don't have to run out the door, but as soon as possible, if you can go down in a lower sanctuary and have conversation because we have a a baby dedication, is that still happening? Baby dedication uh, right after this service. And so you know, when, you, when you're ready to as quickly as possible, I say you don't have to run through the door, but move, make your way towards downstairs where there's plenty of space. And also there's the merchandise that you can purchase to support Fan Into Flames. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, grin, and beam, and show his pleasure in you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom this week, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness. Lord knows in these turbulent times, 
especially this week during elections, may the Lord give you his composure, his calmness, his prosperity, his success, and may the Lord remove anything, even the election results, anything that causes agitation or discord was the divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. God bless you. Have an amazing week with the Lord. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.